Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Shut up and sit down. Greetings, listeners, and welcome to PDRP. Today, I'm joined with Stephanie Elaine Hunt from Drinking Liberally, a liberal club, and she's a black woman living in New York, as far as I get it, so that no one can insult me for picking especially privileged Americans for this show. Uh, By the way, previously I had recorded just before your election... Uh, before the American election, I know that I have met listeners from abroad, but still, most of you are Americans. I had recorded a show with our my colleague, my colleague Ben Jacobs about all the situation, and you know what? That turns into a nice series, which is going to be the show after this one, when you'll be able to hear my discussion with him, which happened before the election. But right now, I'm here with Stephanie, and when I ask her to pick a theme song for this show, because you know we on PDRP pick different theme songs each show, she started telling me some interesting things which I think you might like to hear. So, Steph, tell us about yourself and talk about why don't you want to pick a simple theme song or something. Well, we were talking about anthems before, and I said that, like, the Star Spangled Banner isn't particularly a favorite of mine. Even though my family has been here since 1632, we're, in fact, very privileged. Um, And I come from the type of black people who didn't have to worry about anything because we look white. What was was bad about the Star-Spangled Banner is basically it's all about war and violence. Um, There's like a defense of slavery in it. Like there's many more verses that we don't actually sing. And two, it's a really hard song to sing. Like, I like much better something like America the Beautiful that's talking about, like, you know, the natural beauty of this country. Like, I think that would be a much better national anthem than one that's talking about bombs exploding. Well, I don't know. I'm sorry, but the bomb exploding one seems to fit your country a bit better, like... Yeah, but to us, we don't uh, think of ourselves like that. We think of like we're defenders of freedom. And this wasn't like a defense of freedom type of song, really. <laughs> you know? Um, and yeah, that is like what the rest of the world thinks of us. But like a national anthem should really be like your view of yourselves. And America does not think that they're either imperialistic or violent. 
Oh. Oh, well, you're in for a rough surprise. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly on America's side of things, because, you know, you're, you are the guys who protect me from Putin currently. But, uh, yeah, it is it is a bit uh, bit strange about, about everything here. Because uh, you guys are the, mo the most imperialistic guys that anyone could possibly think of. Well, let's be honest here, okay? So, uh, I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's a bad empire. Don't, don't get me wrong here, because, um, yeah, like we spoke before, you know, I used to consider myself to be of, of the alt-right position, because I'm not comfortable with a lot of people on Tumblr and, and very radical feminism and all that stuff, and I vote for my right parties, but my right parties are the guys who stand up for environmentalism and all that stuff, and then I find out that alt-right means Nazis now. Which was a bit, which was a bit strange. The really, right in America uh, does not really care about environmentalism. Like, I mean, there's certain ones who do, but they're considered like moderate Republicans, and all that stuff, like those things you're talking about, are all left for here. You know, they 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 aren't think they're thinking only in terms of business. So if it winds up being something that's polluting the land, they don't really care because they made money. Hmm. Well, the thing is that I want to talk about right now is because, you know, this is all about Trump elections, really, and I promised my listeners a show on that one. Um, I, I watched a video, which I'll try to put on, on the show notes, actually, about how much your votes doesn't get counted in America. And that, that surprised me a lot, because we have, you know, when elections happen in the European Union, right, we have a lot of these observers from other EU states, you know, just to make sure that the elections were fair. We have to have them, otherwise our elections just don't count. You see, and and so we are very very surprised that I don't know. Don't you have like international observers that make sure your elections are fair? <laughs> no, America doesn't allow that. We're a former superpower, or we're the last one left, or something. Like we, one of the reasons why there's been controversy, um, pretty much back to JFK, who had a kind of weird squeaker election himself is that no, no one's watching us. We don't count all our votes unless forced to, you know, what's going on right now is actually what should happen in all of our elections, but it only does if somebody contests it and they have to pay for it. That's why Jill Stein was raising money. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it, it seems so unbelievable to me over here. Because what we have we have international observers in every election. If if something goes amiss, then you know we have like huge troubles for everyone involved here. So uh, yeah, it's it's a bit a bit weird for me as a, as a European European person. But we pretty hand, much do I don't, the I don't know, opposite I don't, I don't of what you guys What's, do. <laughs> I yeah. guess. But let's let's talk about the Trump administration itself. Um, see, I, I want to start with, with the really bad things so that I don't sound like a massive Trump supporter. Because honestly, and everyone who listens to this show already knows my position, I hate all politicians uh, pretty much equally. I just hate, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think we should 
hold our politicians to the highest standards of scrutiny and poke poke holes in them whenever. And if and if uh, Hillary had won, I would be just as just as you know suspicious of her as of Trump. All of my listeners know this, so just just that beforehand. Now, what what's um, what's crazy about Trump is that the first thing he does is the thing that actually hurts me personally, because uh, he started to speak about net neutrality at one point, and that got me interested because he wants to dismantle it because he thinks it favors the liberal media when in fact it's kind of you know it's what it's what it's what keeps me alive for starters. So those talks were just just a bit bit crazy because I don't know and, and all of all of his friendship to Russia thing also scares me. So that's what I find bad about Trump administration in general, the fact that he might just sell us out to Russians and that we might just just you know not exist in a few years' time. But I don't know I don't know I I want to I want to ask I want to I want to ask you. Like, what's what's the thing that really scares you about about Trump the most? Like, what's the what's the most potential evil? And uh, see, over here, the only thing about Trump that we hear is like the fact because we we don't know his backstory. Trump really, at least for us over here, got in the news only when he became the president-elect or just shortly before the election. And most people, at least in Latvia, don't follow American elections, except me, who listen to a bunch of podcasts. And I've I've been there since the time you your Republicans had sixteen candidates or whatever. But I, I'm not the majority here because we we don't we don't know why why Trump is so scary. And also us and also I'll come come to this like oh no what what never mind I'll I'll I have I have a very serious when we're talking about the press coverage and everything. After you finish with the Trump, uh, I will have another comment, which, which is actually how we in Eastern Europe perceive black people, by the way. But but that's that's a bit later. So let's start with why Trump is dangerous. Trump is dangerous for many reasons. Like, I I know his backstory, which makes him even more dangerous to me personally, because. I was born in northern New Jersey, and I've either lived in northern New Jersey or New York City my entire life. So that means Trump's old enough to be my father, and since I was a child, I've been seeing stories about him. Trump has associated with a lot of people that have been very bad people. Um, they He's filed for bankruptcy about four times, not because he was necessarily bankrupt, but because he was doing things to violate the tax code and save money. One of the reasons he hasn't shown us his taxes is that he probably hasn't paid any in more than 20 years. And he's also been someone who, like, Trump has a tendency to jump to conclusions without facts. Like, um, I think it was 1989 or 90, there was a case um, called the Central Park Jogger case. Now, this was um, a young 27, 28-year-old white woman who was jogging in Central Park at night. She wasn't originally from here, so she didn't know that it's a bad idea to run in an unlit park at night. Um, and she was attacked, raped, and left into like a coma, I think. Yeah, she was in a coma. So... They went, the cops went on a sweep and they just kind of got like every man in the area. And some of them were a bunch of very young boys from the Bronx 
They were all black or Hispanic. And I think the oldest one of them was like 15 or 16. Now, the minute they picked these kids up, they had practically not even been charged yet. The cops said they didn't even know what happened. Trump took out a two-page ad in several of the New York City papers. Now, that's a lot of money. Like even back then, it was like something like $100,000 to take out a giant ad like that, where he called for reinstatement and the death penalty. He basically said that these kids had to die when no one knew anything at the time. And he was trying to use his influence as nothing more than a rich man to get these kids executed. Now, they were found guilty, but then later released years later on um, uh, DNA evidence where they found that what they'd always said, that none of them had done it because the jogger couldn't remember anything when she woke up. So they basically were convicted on the strength of the mob opinion that Trump had whipped up in something he didn't know anything about. Like Trump is not ever had a job that was outside. And this is one of the things I find scary. This is a man who will be the most unqualified person to be president ever. He's never had a job outside his own company or his own family, meaning he worked for his dad. He's never had any sort of political position. He was so like lacking in knowledge when he went to the White House that he didn't even know that the White House staff has to be replaced with every new administration. That's why that meeting with Obama that was supposed to take 15, 20 minutes wound up being an hour and a half because he has no idea how anything works. And for people being upset about people being career politicians, at the same time, you have to realize that being a politician is a skill set. And there's certain things you should know, especially if you want the highest office you can possibly get in the land. And Trump basically used his celebrity and his money to run for something that he wasn't at all qualified for. And now he's lost in a way, which is why Pence is doing everything, basically. And he um, isn't even taking um, uh, intelligence briefings. Now, a president-elect, even before they're certified, because he's not official until December 19th, which is why... If these recounts and audits actually work, he might not be president. I don't know. I actually, I actually, I actually think he will be, even though you might not like it at all. But uh. oh, I'm not saying that it's necessarily likely. But what I'm saying right now is that even though, like tradition, even though it's not certified to the 19th, and like every year it's like that, like every election year. Um, it's still possible that he might not be it, but he still has to prepare like he has the job. Like her concession yeah. means nothing right now. Um, him being the one who is, is considered the winner, nothing means anything until the Electoral College meets, and that's December 19th. But even so, he's still supposed to prepare like he's having this job, and he's not preparing there was one point where he just like disregarded everything you're supposed to do that he ditched the press, went to a steakhouse with a bunch of his rich friends and basically said, you know, he was going to like slash all the taxes for people in the 1%. Yeah. 
and the Secret wow. Service had no idea where he was. But they would be in huge amounts of trouble if something had happened to this man just because he decided to take off on them. So he's not quite understanding. This is maybe the scariest thing to me. He doesn't understand totally what his responsibilities are and really doesn't seem to care. Because you don't do things like that unless you don't. You know, he just is going to keep behaving the way he did on the campaign, which was flouting all sorts of things and not understanding the reasoning behind it because he's not a real politician. See, but the other thing is that, well, at least for for a person like me here in Latvia, see, the thing is we had our, like, best times in our country in um, dur- during the during 30s when we didn't have career politicians as at as, uh, no, I'm not talking leaders. about career politicians. I know, I know, I know. It's just, I'm it's just talking that, uh, about the idea that a lot of America has that a businessman can run the country because it's the same thing and it's not, or that somebody needs to be such an outsider that they have no experience. Trump has no experience. The same as Carson yeah, had no experience and Carly Fiorina, but actually I take that back. She had a little more than both of them because she's at least run a political campaign before. She has some idea of the way things work. Trump doesn't know how things work, and he thinks he can bend everybody else to his will. Because, like, you you know the massive amounts of money he's costing New York City because he refuses to live in Washington? That's a million dollars a day just for the security. It's killing all the businesses, the restaurants and, 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 you know, other things all around Trump Tower because people have to have such security that they're checking an ID on every block. No one's going up there unless they want, like, really because need to. Because, because he's, wait, so he's costing New York money yes. just because he lives there? Because he's refusing to leave, Okay. Part of the tradition, but also it's because of security and he would know this if he wasn't like a total outsider, is why the president lives there. There's been for centuries areas cordoned around the White House that are security checks so that it's not disrupting the rest of the city. Okay, where he lives here is smack in the middle of the city with all sorts of businesses around. Like I was complaining on Facebook the other day about how it took me two hours to get to New Jersey to visit my family. Part of that for Thanksgiving, part of that was due to the fact that because of Trump, there's all sorts of crazy um, uh, death threats and things. So some of the PATH stations, that's the train that takes you between states, were closed up where I live, and I had to take the long way, go all the way down to where the World Trade Center site was and get on it on there because, like, I had to go around, like, blocks and blocks of security. When he decided to go to New Jersey the other day for something, might have been Atlantic City, I don't remember, um, he decided to go through the Lincoln Tunnel. That meant that his little trip backed up everything else because nobody else can go anywhere near when the president's motorcade or the president-elect or the vice president, any of the people like within the top like that, you can't go into the tunnels around them. So that made everything worse. 
They've had to have more cops on, more security. And that's one of the reasons the Secret Service keeps fighting him. Now he's trying to say that, well, he'll rent like the bottom two floors of his Trump Tower to the Secret Service. So that means that like the government will be paying like three to five million dollars a year to Trump to be in his place because he refuses to leave it. This is what some of the conflicts of interests are coming up. Yeah, I've, I've read about those. But I don't know. I, but I, it's I've also heard... because of stubbornness and not understanding. Well, I have. See, the thing is that I read, at least, you know, I followed the election, everything, and the day after, you know, I've read so much. I, I'm, I'm, and I'm sorry, maybe I sit on the wrong sides, but I sit on the fringes of the internet to get get my get my fix of political news too. I'm I'm reading both 4chan and Tumblr. Because, you know, Tumblr is where the radical leftists sit, and 4chan is where the radical right people sit. I don't understand either of them, but. but Fine by me. I, I like I like some other pages Fortune of 4chan. Fortune is capitalist. It really isn't radical right. Radical right is Breitbart, Red State, those sort of things. Oh, I tried to apply for Breitbart, by the way, at one point for my show. It's interesting enough because you know, um, since since my grandmother since my grandmother died, I I looked for a job and I thought, hey, you know, Breitbart might be interested in in like. You know, getting getting some getting getting some information getting getting some information about the the Russians or anything, and they just never never replied really. And that, well, it's because what confusing. I said the positions that you hold are not right wing here. It's weird, really. But uh, yeah, so Bri- I don't don't look at Breitbart, but see the people in Tumblr were just calling for I don't know mass murders of of Trump supporters. And that was a bit crazy for me. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I didn't find it very. They're not organized. They're just a bunch of like crazy internet trolls on Tumblr. Well, yeah. I, I hope I hope that they are because you know it, a lot of people are a bit. I think I think a bit scared. And um, what a lot of people don't understand is that if you are left wing and you are very very loudly protesting about this and doing death threats, then just. You know that that gives just more fuel to your opponents, so to speak. It it's not like it helps your cause that much, as far as I can get it. Tumblr is not in a political organization. It's basically a bunch of people who want attention and want to scream about things. You know, they they don't belong to any group or party or anything. And even here, like yeah, we have some anarchists. But they're really small, and basically the only thing they've accomplished in the last few years is to screw up Occupy Wall Street. They were the people who started coming in in a black mask and scaring everybody. By the way, I also really support uh, Occupy Wall Street, because that was one of the major attempts at you know disturbing the status quo, so to speak. And I, I, well, we were I part of it. We had a, a drinking lot. liberally at Occupy Wall Street. Russell Brand even came. Wow. And yeah, he's incredibly tall. <laughs> <laughs> like he looks kind of big on TV, but I was like, damn, like round like 6'4 or so, I think. <laughs> you know? But um, no, they they were the people that like started doing violent things at Occupy and Occupy had a majorly hard time in certain cities getting rid of them. Because they just saw it as a place to do something crazy. 
Yeah, you know, and then talking about this crazy, I want to put this second question in there because you might be able to answer this one. I also asked this to Ben, which you're going to hear sometime in the future. But the thing is, I thought about this whole situation thing and about how Trump is is racist and everything. And, and then I figured something out. It's just that, you know, Hungary supported Trump and we have a lot of these authoritarian regimes because we're way more nationalistic here than, than maybe, I don't know, America might beat us, but we're, we're all about on the same level, except different policies, of course. But then I thought about this fact that a lot of people didn't take seriously the fact that minorities really thought that, you know, Trump might co- might be a threat for 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 black people because and then i understood the thing i understood the fact that uh what we get here for example we are a very very homogenous country here in latvia okay we we just don't see any black people the thing is what we know about how black culture works and what black people are comes from your mass media it basically means that most people here, and I'm not saying that's true, I'm just saying that, you know, the, the popular opinion here is that, like, you know, we, we think all black people are like the ones depicted at Nicki Minaj videos, okay? We think everyone's, we think every, we think every black person ever is a gangster who wields, who, who likes to have, like, who listens to tons of, you know, gangster rap music, wields guns and, and, and you know, is, is proud the fact that he's either a pimp or, or wielding some sort of criminal things. Because even, see, we, we only see that thing from the media. And I, and I know it's not true. I obviously know it's not true, but, you know, uh, th- that is, I think that is why, because, uh, and, and the same about, like, other other types of minorities see there is a certain amount of things that you can you can get from the media and and this is what we see okay so i i don't know it's it's i just i just thought about all of this and understood that you know there's something really fucked up going on there going on there in the media because if 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 over if see something must be really fucked up if everything i know about black people it comes from the media and that if if this is the only thing i can tell you about black people that i can like no without researching something is that you know you almost be into gangs something is wrong here like, oh well really. that that's been a debate in america forever it's like did i ever tell you that thing i've said about why there will be every other type of president before there's an italian american one no not really you haven't okay okay that statement i just made that's true and do you know why no i think actually because um, they're a group that's only centered really in certain places. So like all these people that were like Trump voters, some were way in the Midwest in very white towns, have never met the quote unquote ethnic whites. So what they know comes from the Godfather, the Sopranos, um, uh, Goodfellas, pretty much everything that shows their community that's Italians in America has to do with the mafia. So what they're thinking of these people, you know, that like they truly think everybody is what's called connected. You know, every single person knows somebody. Now, 
there's an element of truth to that because I am from New Jersey and not from very far from where the Sopran the town the Sopranos was filmed in. And there's people on my Facebook list whose families are mafia. Some of them I grew up with, some of them I went to college with. But that does not mean that everybody who happens to have Italian American blood has a cousin who's a hitman. But a lot of people, that's what they think of right away. If they don't think of like food, they think of mafia associated with them. And that's become one of the things, say, too, that's um, also now very associated with Russian Americans. Because there's constant movies about both groups and mafia ties. So, yeah, like Hollywood does things that they find exciting and they've always found people who do criminal things exciting. So they'll focus on stuff like that when the majority of these groups are not actually criminal. And with Italians, it's become so pervasive that like, you know, if you don't know them, that's what you think oh my God, they, they are all in the mafia or related to the mafia or know somebody who's in the mafia. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because uh, I have some, some friends from Dark Myths uh, from the Rumor Flies podcast. They're all from Louisiana and they all make fun of their friend because uh, one of their friends, uh, one of their friends like is, is, is uh, French born technically. Well, he was, he, he moved to the USA with his family when he was like one. So it's kind of interesting that way. So he's a naturalized citizen, then. Well, technically, yeah, but you know, they make they make fun of him because of 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 the French, obviously, which is kind of silly, I think. There's a lot of things that are silly, but like part of the problem of America is that we're so big that we have many pockets, some states even, where people have never left their home state. They've never met people that are any different from them. And that's one reason why the coasts vote so differently from what people do in the midsection, because there you're likely to live in a town that's all white, not simply all white, but you're all your ethnicity are white. Like there were certain towns in Ohio that till like mid 20th century, had such a high German population, they were speaking German more than English. Well, Riga was a city which spoke mostly German until 1939. Just saying. Yeah, but in, in America, that's odd. Like, people hold on to, particularly on the coast when it's like more immigrants and much easier, people hold on to their 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 old country ways or languages more than people in the middle do. So it, it's very odd for a Midwestern town to do something like that. You know, I mean, here it's like uh, uh-huh. where I grew up, well, partially grew up. I moved within Jersey, but the first place I grew up had a pretty high Greek population and I'm still friends with those people. And every Greek kid went to Greek school to learn how to speak Greek properly. But that doesn't mean that they weren't fluent in English I mean, from real young, my father's parents were French citizens, and I learned when I was four. Wait, uh, why, why, why were the? I, I thought you were uh, an, an 
This might be sharing some personal information, so Alice, if this is a problem, got it out. Um, I thought you were from Haiti originally. From Haiti. Oh, from God, no. We're not even anywhere. My father's family is from St. Martin's, Aruba, Curacao. Oh okay. I'm so I'm 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 sorry. I'm sorry from from the I'm I'm sorry from the for the misunderstanding then. No no no. We have mm-hmm. nothing to do with Haiti, or or Dominican Republic, the other side of Haiti, or no. My my family's islands were very very far away, and my mother's family came to New England, Massachusetts, in 1632. So we don't have anything to do with Haitians, but um. Oh, my grand, my father's parents, because um, St. Martin's is half Dutch, half French. Um, they kind of had an accent like a Belgian because it was they were speaking equally Dutch and French. But what I was saying was that like. They relied more in French when they weren't speaking English here. So that was something that was passed down. And like with the Greeks, uh, I don't know even ones whose families have been here many, many generations. I don't know anyone Greek who doesn't speak Greek, even if they're partially Greek. But like I said, it's something they do when they go to church. It's something the Greek churches have, and they organize a lot of things. I used to go to Greek church events them, you know, and yeah, because because Greek Orthodox people they they do this. Yeah. Yeah, but they concentrate on the language. So there's very few of them who forgot. And with people who are from any Hispanic country, there's many of them that have been here. And that's something else that like a lot of white people in the Midwest don't understand is just because they speak Spanish does not mean they don't speak English. That that gets passed down too. I know many people whose great grandparents came from somewhere and yet they are still fluent in Spanish. You know, but Midwesterners consider it almost unpatriotic to speak another language. It's kind of weird because, you know, everyone speaks at least at least two languages here in Latvia. It's just what we do because we have to. I speak I speak three fluently and I'm I'm quite okay with German too. That's my fourth one. And I I'm planning on learning Swedish soon. Because <laughs> Because a lot of a lot of a lot of my fans are from Sweden, you see, and uh, it's it's really near here, like it's really near. So uh, just just uh, you know, thirty minutes with a plane. So I thought you know maybe maybe learning Swedish would help me. But yeah, the thing is the thing is that I don't I don't understand well how not knowing languages not knowing languages could be beneficial to anyone. Now the other question is that that. That's a cultural difference between the coast. You know, like part part of what was the shock of this election is how little the center of the country, you know, what we mockingly call flyover country, doesn't understand the coast and vice versa. You know, I mean, it really is stuff that just seems normal to us to send your kid to school and they learn another language. You know, it's normal on the coast, particularly people who are well-educated and send their children to good schools. But that sort of stuff is seen as elitism and kind of like just just not American to people who live in the center. 
And how those attitudes came to be, I don't know. It's just the way that they feel. Like well, how now, they'll tell us they're the real Americans. See, now now we're touching on the real Americans thing here, because uh, that's what I want. That's that's what I want to talk about here, because you know, oh boy. See, when I when I when you, when I look at, a, at the map of the elections, which which I did, obviously, uh, I understood one important thing. You know, honestly. The majority of America really did vote for Trump. At least that's how I see it. Because no, it did. When you look at the ca- when you when you wait 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 when you look at the county map when you look at the county map, I see red America. I see very few counties voting for Hillary Clinton. So I th- that's my question. I know these are very populated count. I know, but. I know, I know. It's going to be 3 million, but it's like at 2.2 now. So that means a lot more people voted for her. But the way that everything is arranged, like how I said we don't count a lot of the votes, there's something called gerrymandering, which unfortunately probably began in New Jersey, where I'm from. So we must take blame for it. Of all the thing is, what I don't don't understand about all of the situation is that I don't think it's kind of. Fair. If 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 you look at the map and you see most of the map voting for a guy, then how is it fair that the guy just doesn't win? Okay, so the, the, that's 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 the thing. I I just don't don't get it really that much because uh, I don't see where the fuss is. Cause... Well, do you understand that most of the people live on the coast? I the, do, but I don't. I, see, see, I don't. I don't really understand why the idea of where most people live is so important. Would you say that the more populous countries really are? Oh, so are you asking about the electoral college now? Oh yeah, well, obviously I am. Okay, why not? <laughs> Just the, why not? The electoral college was something that was begun to get Thomas Jefferson to be in office, and not John Adams. Because Thomas Jefferson was going to keep slavery, or at least for the time being, so that the South wouldn't break off into another country. They were afraid of what happened in the War of 1812 when the British invaded and burned the White House. So it was like a justified fear at the time. Yay for British. But afterwards... I'm sorry. That was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) But um, afterwards, though... It was something that they should have done away with because now it's been five times in our history where somebody won the popular vote and didn't win the White House. Yeah, but you know, in this way, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. But didn't you think that you know, if 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 you would go by the popular vote, vote that would kind of mean that, that would kind of mean that most America has no vote. Like seriously. That's the thing which I found most troubling was the fact that when you look at look at how everything's like done, I just I just I just don't think it's kind of fair if 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 uh, people in the middle of the map just don't have any say on what's going on. That's a bit crazy. Then, like, uh, that's not what that means. Popular mm-hmm. vote is one man, one vote. Yeah, but but popular popular. Is it right? Yes. I don't know. Popular, 
I, I, I if more people want one person, for that. that's the person who should win. Yeah, but the most most and of the country... also too when the president doesn't have that sort of mandate of being the person that more people chose. But it here makes comes them the other question. President. See, if if most people live in very few areas, that means those areas really control who wins. And I don't think that's right. I just don't don't feel that way. It is what it means, because you know you can look at the map and look at the most populous countries, and if 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 he was now only called wipes pop- out people's votes, those states when they go blue or red, that basically means winner takes all. So people who in that state say vote for the other person are basically not counted. That's how the electoral college works. It's the opposite of what you're talking about. I so, don't know. Uh, it just that it seems to but me, but that's unfair. For, see, I think it's unfair that uh, you kind of ignore the fact. That, see, you ignore a bunch of landmass, and I think the landmass also has some value. Isn't isn't it right? I mean, if uh, you look at the map, if and you no see one most lives of the there, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and there's certain states why? that's why they because no one lives there. It's all and? based on what the people want to do. I don't know. Now now you're kind of oppressing the people who, I don't know, live in the Wyoming. So, what? <laughs> okay, look. Okay, that's, that's just me. That's just look, me. Look, there's only a few people who live there. But the way that electoral colleges, their vote means more than, like, hundreds of people in California. That's why you have two houses of, of your parliament thing. And, and no, that's have, not why. That doesn't work either. Okay. I don't know. I, I, it, I read about the fact that I, I for the thought, number you know, of you, people you have in Congress. That's I, different. You, Nobody wants to change that. That's not the Electoral Congress. I know, but you know that that is that is how it kind of was supposed to operate. I mean, you have proportional representation in, in Congress, and you have. But it's never like, worked that way. It was a dodge to get someone in office. Okay, that's been been the excuse for it. Okay, but when it's now, like I said, five times in history, it's been used basically to give it to the less popular candidate. That's not right. And that's basically what happens with it in, in place the way it is right now. It's not benefiting anybody, really. You know, because there wouldn't be this expensive recount that's happening and and should happen, you know, honestly, because we should be doing this all the time, but we don't. It wouldn't be happening if we went by popular vote because Hillary is so far ahead in that there wouldn't be any margin to have to do it. You know, the Electoral College made sense at one point, but they also altered it, too, because you used to be able to vote way, way, way back in the day, like centuries ago, for the president and the vice president separately. And that was how, like, um, Martin Van Buren became president, and actually became vice president first, was that the Electoral College overturned the person who had won as vice president because some sort of cheating scandal or something and gave it to Van Buren. So they had a president in one party and a vice president in another party. And he later on catapulted from being vice president to being president. So 
the things that have been talked about aren't without precedent. And some of it is because like the electoral college has such strange rules and it really is such a strange system. Well, I haven't seen it operating ever anywhere else on the planet, you know. Well, yeah, because it was something that basically we made up to suit a political need at a certain time. And we've never changed it. Like, I mean, America is slow to change its traditions. And at this point, the Electoral College is basically tradition. Now, people were talking about it and really wanted to do something. I think your, I think your first part of the post system in general is, is a bad idea. Cause I don't know. Latvia has, okay, uh, just, just an explanation here. Latvia has proportional elections. Uh, except you have to get at least five percent of the vote to get into parliament. Our president, our president is elected by our parliament. He has very little actual po- he or she, mind you, because we have had female presidents before. Um, he or she has very little political power, except you know very few special cases where he where, where he or she can just uh, dissolve the parliament at will, essentially. But uh, it's it's different here. It's but uh, in our to get in our parliament, you you would uh, I don't even know. Yeah, at least if you get at least five percent of the vote, you get in the parliament, and, and th- that's it. But I, I just I just don't know. Electoral college seems wrong anyway. But you know I can't take a lot of these complaints extra seriously because you know if, if look look uh, this is this is a popular argument uh, among among our. Uh, some people here is that you know if Donald Trump had won the popular vote and Hillary Clinton had won the electoral college, you'd be all for Hillary Clinton. Let's be honest here, okay? That, that that's what people think at least. Well, I still so, think it was wrong because what I was about to say before was that was the support that a lot of people had in two thousand after what happened between Gore and Bush, when Gore actually won by 500,000 votes and we were told to stop counting. As I said, you know, we don't, that in that video I sent to you, we don't usually count all the votes. And the Supreme Court stopped them from counting. So there was a movement back then to do it, but then 9-11 happened and everyone forgot about it for 15 years. Oh. You know, so it wasn't something that just came up with this because so many people didn't realize how the Electoral College worked. Because, like, I mean, in America, we haven't taught civics in school, like public schools. In private schools, you get it. Like, I went to prep school, so I got that, but I got it from my family anyway. Um, Public schools have not taught anything about how the government runs for about 45 years. So most of the people out there who are voting really don't know how a lot of this works. You know, they were shocked in the year 2000 when they were like, how could he win by that much? Like, don't we get a recount or don't we re-vote? And they were like, re-vote? You know, that's not the way we work things unless, like, you see what's going on now, unless somebody pays for it. It's not automatic in our elections just to audit it to see that everything went all right. And that was basically what Gore was asking for in 2000. 
And the Republican Party did everything in their power, including have a riot at one of the offices in Florida. They called it the Brooks Brothers riot to stop people from counting the votes. That seems kind of silly, because if you won, then you have, like, you know, won anyway. They know Bush didn't really want win. It was in a state run by his, his little brother. They had all these problems with the votes where they wanted to see what the ballots looked like, how they were being counted. They were basically asking for what you're saying is like standard practice in Europe to see that the election came out all right. And Florida was the state that decided the electoral college. But the popular vote nationally went 500,000 more votes. In a country that size, this isn't a whole lot, but it was still enough between that and the controversy in Florida, which had Gore won Florida, he would have won the presidency with the Electoral College, and trying to stop people from investigating it, which was basically the bottom line of that, was a terrible thing. But if we, like had understood enough about what can go on in an election in our democracy, that wouldn't have been a controversial thing to do. I don't know. The thing about Gore is the fact that a lot of modern extreme right, extreme left-wing people, sorry, wouldn't even accept Gore, I think. Because, you know, he, he is a white man, after all. And I know how you guys hate that, him. That's apples and oranges. That's a different thing. And I'm no, not no, saying no, you're no, not I'm, right. I'm, no, I what, know, what I'm trying I know to it's say a different thing. I want you to election, respond to this. No, our election processes. Like, I know all the reasons for people had problems of gore. Like, But the, the whole thing, after they had actually voted, they were not wanting, the GOP was not wanting to allow everyone to count all the votes. That is a bit silly, though. Well, it was cheating, and that was that was one reason why during his first term, until 9-11 happened, when everybody decided, like, we had to all come together, Bush didn't have a mandate. He was seen as an illegitimate president. That was why so many people, even ones who were Republicans, a lot of them were uncomfortable with him, because they knew that he went through this whole, like, strange legal battle and bad things happen with the votes that you need to have a clear outcome in order to lead where people aren't constantly questioning you and not talking about like simply like questioning your policies, but saying like, are you actually really the president? And that was what Bush had to deal with for most of his first year because the way that he got in there really wasn't legitimate. Hmm. It kind of makes... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, of course, but... But this was just... also all because of Electoral College, too. If there hadn't been the Electoral College, there wouldn't have been all this questioning, basically. You know, and people didn't start to understand it until then. I mean, not that they truly understand it now, but they didn't understand because it hadn't happened in quite a while that anyone would remember it. 
that somebody who won the popular vote lost the Electoral College. And even the way he lost the Electoral College was basically that the Supreme Court decided to install George W. Bush, regardless of what either the people wanted or how the Electoral College even worked itself. Well, I don't know. I See, I, I know that you hate Republicans with a deep, terrible passion of doom, which is kind of okay, because, you know, you have your political views, and I don't, I don't mind those. But the thing is, and I'll, I'll, I am now getting to the parts why I think, why I think Trump might be actually good for the nation. I think that if Republicans had lost this election, you would have a one-party system. Sure, right now the Republicans control everything, like Senate, the House, and President, but that that'll change in two years. Seriously. And I think it's healthier that you have multiple strong parties, not just one. And that's one of my first things why I don't think that electing Trump is such a major tragedy. Because, you know, if if the Democrat... I don't believe... See, the, the biggest, my biggest problem is that you believe that Democrats are good, nice people who care for the people. I don't. I think the Democrats are just as corrupt... As the Republicans, no, they honestly. aren't. But 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 besides that, though, they're don't politicians. You realize that the election of Trump has actually weakened the Republicans, because for, well, one, for one thing, this is someone who was not a real Republican. He has switched parties several times. Okay, of he's been, he he's been a Democrat. He's been like, that's not normally who runs. That was one of the things that was odd about Bernie Sanders too. It's been an odd election year, but two. They saw all these candidates who came out there that Trump basically embarrassed, humiliated, and, you know, walked over. Yeah, but, you know, in state-level in state level elections, Republicans tend to win. I mean, they control way more state governments as well. And everything, uh, the, the, the Democrats should also see... Uh, and one, party, oh, that means it falls away from them. Yeah, but one both. one thing that I one thing that Democrats I must mention here is that we don't have enough state houses. One thing that I must mention here, though, is however, like after election, it was very disgusting for me to see that the Democrats are blaming everyone else except their own party about their loss. I don't think it's right. I think that there must like there must be some soul searching in there, for you know. Because cause this, is, this is like... But part after, of the problem after the, is that it wasn't just one factor. Of course, And yeah, everybody's obviously. writing something about, oh, the white women, or they're writing something about, oh my God, the Rust Belt people. Um, oh my, like, it, it wasn't just one of them. And that's something that is annoying me as I see people write piece after piece where they're simply like laying it on one group. And it, it wasn't one group. You know, it is this like racist underbelly of the country that most people thought didn't exist anymore. That Trump encouraged all the the alt right who were actually neo Nazis who came out, and then it was all these people who um, resent people on the two coasts, and then two the people that are going to come after Trump because he if he does become president. He will probably be impeached in a year because he's not going to give up his businesses. All these various conflicts of interest that he has, 
These are all things that will come back to bite him. And the Republican establishment would rather have Pence because Trump is uncontrollable. He's already gone back on half of his promises. And like I said, he isn't even official yet. You know, he's gone back on, well, you know, all these people that he kept telling he was going to, like, prosecute Hillary for something. And now he said he won't. They're furious. Okay, and then there's all these people, ones that I actually do feel sorry for, that I don't think voted for him for racist reasons, but who live in, like, these poor coal mining towns in West Virginia and don't aren't that up on the news and don't understand their industries are never coming back. And he flat out lied to him, to them. And that was why they voted for him because he was like, I'm going to reopen the factory. I'm going to reopen the mine. That can't happen. And it won't happen. And they refused to acknowledge that. So they voted for whoever told them what they wanted to hear. And they are going to be extremely unhappy with him when he makes another one of those remarks that are basically like, well, yeah, I love the uneducated. You know, he's already gone back on that stuff because he knew he was lying in the first place anyway. But the thing is, they didn't. The, the real tragedy of this is that all these people who do actually need help and are living in really bad conditions and believed him, they they thought they were getting a champion, and they're not. I don't know. Like we 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 haven't we haven't seen that we haven't seen that yet. Except of course the net neutrality. Look, you know case, damn well those the... coal mines are not opening again. Some of them don't well, even have coal in them anymore. But these people were just expecting that they would get industry again. They didn't move away, really are upset with the people who did move away, and they've gotten poorer and poorer and more upset and more upset because it started back with Reagan where they started being promised things, and then people forgot about them after they voted Republican. Some of the poorest counties in this nation vote Republican again and again, and they don't do anything for them. They give tax cuts to rich people. And because they voted Republican, and this is something that is something the the Democrats should think about, um, because they voted Republican again and again, it's gotten to a point where the Democrats have ignored them. So one party is lying to them and the other party is ignoring them. And any third parties we have here have absolutely no power. Yeah, talking about the third parties, I don't know... uh... Over here, see, uh, you might disagree with me, but I have been always standing for the fact that, you know, uh, I've heard, like, on Slate's Political Gab Fest and on Vox, The Weeds, like, two major podcasts that I listen to, and they're they're huge, they're sponsored by New York Times, they're, they're very important podcasts, and they treated, like, voting third party or voting what you believe in as a terrible, terrible crime. I can't believe that. I, I can't buy that. It's just because... Because I, I thought, you know, you, you vote what you believe in, okay? So I I simply couldn't couldn't believe the fact that, like, New York Times, this ancient newspaper, and I have, like, been following them forever, because I'm a journalist, and, and they're one of the best newspapers. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's out there. Uh, it's like when you tell people that voting third party is a crime, I think it's wrong. I think you should encourage... See, if you want to have more than two parties ever, you should encourage yeah, people to vote their consciousness. Yeah, but the U.S. doesn't want to have more than two parties. We, we haven't had a third party really since the Whigs. America only understands it in terms like a football game. Two sides yeah, you, go up against each other and one of them wins and that's it. But you had Ross Perot. Okay, you but had he, Ross Perot and in, uh, just... Uh, it was he like, wasn't his own know, party, Fairly though. recently. He was an independent candidate. He was a rich man. He influenced a lot of things. And he did, unlike unlike a lot of these people like Carson and and Trump, who just seemed to like want to run, um, he did have ideas and kind of a movement. It's just he didn't have enough backing put into it because he didn't actually have a party. He was more of an experiment like... Um, in 1980, John Anderson, he ran uh-huh. um, when Carter and Reagan ran as just like straight out independent. I think the idea died with Perot that you could just run as an independent and have no party. Like people were thinking that then. So they weren't really third party. Like we've never had a third party you know, like I said, since the Whigs, basically, that was able to actually challenge the other two. So when you've got a party that gets one to two percent of the vote and they aren't on the ballot in every state either, that is kind of throwing away your vote. Because if you're not in the ballot on every state, there's no way you're going to become president. Wait, wait a minute. So uh, the thing. What? You, you can like not to be on the ballot somewhere okay remember i don't really understand this fact of yours because uh and seems kind of stupid wait a minute here you're running for the president of the united states of america how come you are not on the ballot everywhere remember the discussion we had once about states rights you know how it wasn't just used for racism and for slavery that's the part of the civil law, civil war that we lost. Okay. We may have gotten slavery taken away and they didn't leave the union, but we kind of dropped the state's rights argument. And basically that means that even though we're one country, the states can kind of do what they want. It's like why um, I have a teaching license in New Jersey, but it's not valid in any other state. So if you move, 
And the same as if you're a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer, you have to take those tests or depending on the state, re-register yourself and then probably take another certification test in each new state you go to. This is one reason why some people don't move a lot. So it's a, it's a, somewhat, um, I know that's crazy, but there's a similar thing with voting as in each state gets to make up its own rules. So if you aren't eligible in every state because you're a small enough party that you don't have like 5%, which is one of the reasons Jill Stein is doing this, um, they can keep you off the ballot. The federal government can't say anything about it. So these little tiny parties with not enough people may not like be able to be on the ballot in every state. So that's one reason like the guy who was um, third party in Utah, Evan McMullen, he was only on the ballot in a few states. One of the reasons he was there is that he's a Mormon. Utah is the center where the Mormons live. It was where they settled because they were basically persecuted. Some of their towns were burnt down in the South and they ran far away to where there weren't that many people. And the land they settled on was the Great Salt Lake where nothing could grow. So even the Native Americans didn't live there. They didn't want it. And the Mormons took over that whole area, then like eventually the whole state of Utah. Now, the Mormon church, which um, Mitt Romney is a bishop in, they decided that like so many things about Trump personally were offensive to them as a group that they didn't want to vote for him. That's why there might even be a challenge in Utah too. So McMullen was a candidate that ran to be a conservative alternative to Trump. That's why he got so many votes in Utah, but he still came in third. And they're wondering how that happened because the church endorsed him which, yes, I know separation of church and state, but people do this stuff here anyway. We say one thing and we do well, another. I don't know. See, the thing is, unlike unlike, uh, unlike other places, Latvia does not have a clear separation of church and state. I'm, I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just that we, we, we don't because... Uh, we have a we have a ruling that there can be no state church, but that's about it. No, we're 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 meant to separate all that stuff, but at the same time, if somebody on their off time goes to church, and their church is like, you know, we really hate this person, it, it's up to them who they decide to vote for. But that was the reason, basically, that the Mormons had decided that they couldn't have Trump. So they were going, and the guy is qualified. I mean, it's not just they pick some random Mormon to run. You know, the guy, the guy was qualified. He had a whole platform. I think his website is still up. So that was why he was on the screens, the third candidate in gray, who got a lot of votes there but he was only on the ballot in certain states with large Mormon populations. Like um, Nevada is another one that has a lot of Mormons. Wait a minute. So basically you have this rule that unless you're, you're like 
on on the ballot. It's kind of crazy. Is it really possible that a person who runs for the president is not on the ballot in all the states? That sounds like so stupid. And I'm sorry, American listen. I'm sorry, American listeners, but I shall tell you that that is the most dumb thing I've heard in a long while. But but no, figure out why it would happen though. Because because I don't know, a certain state can just decide that someone is not qualified to run for the president, so that you just don't include him. Yeah. But it's, this but is interesting it's, it's by the way, also this, by the way, by the way, this, this is why you still have Alaska, interestingly enough, because, uh, you know, I, I I read about the process of decolonization. Don't ask me why, I just read random stuff on the internet sometimes. But I read on the process of decolonization, and apparently Alaska, which was a colony, which was then sold to you, Americans, by the Russians. See, the thing is, it was included in this list of territories which should be really you know given the choice in the process of decolonization now they were on this list about you know non-self-governing territories and at some point and the united states has sold this gave them a referendum and the referendum basically gave them a single choice like uh, you could you could either uh, join united states as a state or become uh, just remain a territory there was no independence option for Alaska, even though United Nations demanded it. So this is where the uh, United Nations had promptly ignored uh, United, like prompt, where the United States have promptly ignored, uh, like United Nations edicts. So I don't know. Seems well, it, it's weird a similar thing with Puerto Rico too, because like we we've had Puerto Rico since the Spanish American War. Okay, yeah. Like the 1890s, but they're not actually a state. Now, Puerto Ricans are citizens, but Puerto Rico's not a state. You know, there's a lot of like weird little things like that that have gone on. But what I was trying to say is like why it would be like that is that, again, tradition. There's certain things like the Electoral College that we haven't changed since like, you know, 1810, practically, you know, there, there's certain things that we just get used to and we do them whether they make sense or not. And then some of them are things that occurred simply because the country came together in pieces. You know, first we were the 13 colonies and then there were a couple more States and then the Louisiana purchase, but all of those states, like Oklahoma was called Indian Territory and not even a state for a very long time. You know, we, oh. we, we added states like bit by bit. And these states very often had been territories or like Texas was a separate country. That's why they still had that big star on their state flag. And that whole thing about the Lone Star State that was because they were their own country and they still kind of act like it in a way, which is why every time they get upset about something, they threaten to leave. Yeah, I, I can understand them. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd threaten to leave you if I had the power. Because why not? But, but let me put it this way. All of these states basically were set up in certain ways like little countries. You know, and when they joined, they had their own way of doing things. But because of the way that we treat states, the states' rights things, 
we went, okay, you, you can do whatever you kept doing, just join the United States. So all of them had different ways of doing things, different laws. And because they were meant to be these little self-governing bodies within the United States itself, that's why you can't move from state to state with, with your same license. There is no national teaching license or national license to practice medicine. Even though, and I can tell you, having taken those tests in two different states, it's the same damn test that you take when you go from different states. Unless you go maybe all the way across the country, then it's different. So it's really stupid not to have a national certification because we're supposed to be teaching the same thing, except that we aren't. Like school systems are very different in state to state. Like they're not all doing the same thing. And it's the same thing with voting. We've got a country with 50 states that do 50 different things. So, of course, it's disorganized. And that's that's how people don't get on the ballot in every state. If you're a smaller party, you're only on states where they either take you seriously so you have enough voters or you get enough money to run an election in that state. So... You know, it's basically a historical thing why we behave like this, because we were pieces of a country that were all put together like a jigsaw puzzle. Oh, well, that 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 gives me a lot of a lot of perspective, here, actually. But I don't know. I I wanted to talk about the good things of Trump election. And like, I don't know. uh, One of my arguments here is that I think you need someone like Trump. You need some shakeup. No, we don't need a dictator. I, I think you do for a while. I, I think, think we this don't kind need of a proves... dictator because we're not Europe. Like, we don't adapt to change well. Like, the only times we've ever had fighting here were Revolutionary War and Civil War. Because Texas wasn't a state then, so they don't count the things that went on down there. Like the Mexican-American War, all that stuff. That was basically being thought in territory that was either Texas or Mexico. But otherwise, we haven't had war here. We haven't had, like, great battles. Our people in general don't like to talk politics, but this is also one reason why we've gotten into a state like this. It's considered impolite to talk too much about it, particularly if you're a woman. What does being a woman has to do with all of this? Um, it was considered for many, many years, and in some more backward places, I guess it still is, that women weren't supposed to like be involved in politics because it was rude and unladylike. Un- unladylike? Wait, wait, what? You don't know what that means? <laughs> no, I do I do know what that means. It just it just sounds so stupid that I can't really believe it. Yeah, it's stupid. But yeah, it's a thing. It's like why a lot of people like particularly certain women, if they grew up in families like that, you start talking about politics, they get very uncomfortable. Even if they totally agree with you, it's not like a debate sort of thing. It's just like, oh, we're not gonna talk about things because 
people fight about it and it makes them uncomfortable and no, like we're going to talk about something nice. There's a lot of that in America, but I think it's also helped by the the thing that I was saying before about how we have not taught politics in schools uh-huh. forever. And what I'm explaining right here is basically a lot of stuff about civics. I mean, I think the one thing that this election might have done, even if no matter who won, that I, I think the election in general, not like anything about Trump winning um, is that more people have discussed how things work because they don't understand. Like one of the things driving this recount is people are getting angrier as they see the popular vote go higher and higher because they don't understand how we have a system where the person who gets the most doesn't win. You know, there, there's and also as they see Trump keep violating these these ethics rules. Okay, but I have a question for you. Uh, see, okay, let's 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 presume a scenario here. Let's presume that Clinton suddenly wins because of a recount. She magically becomes the president of the United States of America. Would she change the system? I I. I don't seem to let believe me, let in me that. Let me put it this way. It's not dependent on the president to change the electoral college. That That's more stuff that has to be done in Congress. Now, the president can come out and say, like, yeah, I think this is wrong, but they don't have to really take that suggestion. You know, it, it it's more got to come from the people, like the people call, like, like the, the way to get your congressperson to move on something is basically to harass them and not with emails because they won't read that. You have to call them and tell them what you think on an issue and flood their offices with calls so that their staff annoys them. If the staff gets annoyed because they run everything, then that's when the congressperson starts getting annoyed. You know that's the way so, to move things. So you have a, you have also a different way of electing people than because uh, over here we have like uh, we don't elect our candidates directly. We just vote for the parties. We can cross some in so that they would move up on the list. But honestly, we seriously don't don't elect people as directly as you. Apparently, you happen to just you vote for certain direct people for some weird reason. I don't know how that works. We've done that for maybe about 150 years. Originally, we didn't elect people directly because the founding fathers didn't trust the common man, basically, to do it. But that was also back when, if you weren't 21 and a landholder, which meant rich, you couldn't vote. I don't know. I just I have this. I have this other question here. That um, how do you really think that how how strong are this landowner thing? Like, I mean, it's not it's not here, but it's just that it's just that. Do you do you think it's like always terribly evil that only landowners can vote? I don't know. I'm, I am quite conflicted about this whole situation on 
Well, like, when they did limits, that, they were I, I just, I just, I just think, I just think by now, by now, if you had some limits on voting, Hillary Clinton would have won, wouldn't she? So how do you view limits on voting in this case? Who would vote? Who should vote? Who shouldn't vote? And how should the votes be counted? Well. I think the landowner thing was a little bit false once it got past their days, because most landowners who were wealthy were also educated. Like, people can own a lot of land now, but still be an idiot, you know? And uh, that that was something that was more a rule of its time, basically. And also because they thought, like, kind of correctly that the less educated somebody was, the less they might understand of the world or have traveled or, or just have worldly knowledge in general. So there was kind of an elitism and a snobbery to what they did, you know, doing that. But at the same time, you could see why they might've thought such things. Now, should we have limits on voting? Well, Limits on voting have also been really misused. It's like we do have certain limits on voting. Like this is also another thing that you're going to scream when you hear because not every state does it. It's up to which other state decides to do this, that in some states we don't allow people who've been in prison to vote. Over here in Latvia, it's like – if you have been in prison and you're criminally convicted, doesn't mean you have to go to prison because being criminally convicted means you have to do public work or, or do something. But these people can't get elected to a public office. Well, I could see well, that okay. here they can't vote. Uh, that's the thing. They, they can't, can't vote. They can't vote while they're in prison, I think. After they have come out of the prison, they can vote, sure, but uh, I think people can't vote while they're in prison, and people who have been criminally convicted can't get elected into government positions. Well, see, I'm fine with that, it's fair, but here in certain states, now this is another state's right, we all make our own rules things, some states, you lose the right to vote for life if you've been in prison. Even if this was like, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you did your time, everything's fine, you're not a criminal anymore, you still can't vote because you were in at some point. That was also one of the ways that that Bush won in Florida, because they had a system that's now called cross-check that checks and eliminates people who are felons, and they just go by name. So they eliminated something like 90,000 people who weren't actually felons, and they put them back on the rolls later when they sued the state. But for that election, that meant that like enough votes that could have put Gore over the top were removed illegally. And in other states, that doesn't matter at all. It's like what you said goes on in Latvia, that when you're in jail, obviously you can't vote. But once you get out, Everything's done, you get everything restored. But certain big states like Florida, I don't know all the different ones, but there's a bunch of them, do not allow anyone who's ever been convicted of anything to vote, ever. That seems kind of kind of really unfair. I mean uh, Yeah, it is unfair. Uh, see in, in Latvia we we view the like the criminal courts and everything as you know, as a means of you know, you, you go, go to prison, prison not to get, get like to get, get rehabilitated, rehabilitated eventually. eventually. 
That's the, the goal. goal. To, not, not, not to, like... But see, that's part of the problem here, is that we say we want to rehabilitate people, but we basically do everything to hang a scarlet letter on them for the rest of their lives. And there, yeah, there's plenty of people that when they get out of jail, they go right back to doing what they did before. But it's also because certain states, and now some of them have changed this law, but a lot of them haven't. When you apply for a job, you have to tell everybody that you were in jail and what you were in jail for. So then they don't hire you. Or if you do get hired, it's for something like maybe really menial that's like way below your qualification. So you make only a little bit of money because like you're meant to keep being punished after you're out of jail. Those are usually the same states that don't allow felons to vote either or former felons. These seem like to be. They seem to be like to me like very, very, very strict laws. Actually, they they are, they are, and they're unfair, and they're ones that like basically cause um a circle of crime because if you get out and then everything in your life is basically ruined, you know what are you going to go back to doing your illegal thing where you don't have to apply for it and you know get humiliated every day and get no money. But even no matter what you do, though, in these states, like you lose one of the huge rights of citizenship, which is to be able to vote. Hmm. That is that is that is actually very, very heavy for for this show. even. And, oh. and it's troubling and it, it's upsetting. But it's also why, like sometimes when they talk about just how many Americans don't vote. That is one of the reasons, because, like, they're not asking in those numbers, like, are you someone who's now not allowed to vote because you were convicted of a crime? And also the other problem is that, uh, and this is a comment from me here, dear listeners, um, it's not about the fact that, you know, when you, when you when we talk about these people who have been convicted, it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm defending a bunch of, you know, really evil people here. Um Knowing the criminal history of of your country and and how you've been doing things, a lot of these people might have been convicted, even though they haven't really done anything. That's 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 the thing. That's the thing that I I'm. Party of our make. jails too are filled up with drug users. That's that's partially one of the things that um the the republicans have been pushing for because they've been making money out of it with the private prisons you know a lot of corporations run our prisons now and there desperately needs to be prison reform because yeah your, your, your private prison thing is a thing that i really don't don't understand or comprehend for that matter we we don't either and it's something that wasn't around like before the 1980s really like we we didn't privatize everything and we didn't have like prison corporations um and particularly prison corporations that won the juvenile halls you know they they like juvenile or what's a juvenile hall i'm i'm sorry here i i have children who may commit a crime but can't go to jail with adults cuz they're like 12 okay yeah we 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 usually do Communal thing. We have we put 12 year olds in jail. Oh boy. But not with adults. But they're very often put in what 
you know, you'll see in movies that they refer to as like juvie or juvie homes. Those are basically prisons with other children. And uh, if the kids either have a good enough lawyer or a wealthy enough family, they do get those juvenile records expunged. Those are like the only ones that don't lose their right to vote when they grow up. So when they turn 18, it's like their records are erased, but they still may have spent most of their teenage years locked up. That is a bit strange. I don't know. America, America seems very strange for me at the moment. Uh, this has always gone on. We were just quieter about it that we locked children up. Well, over here in Latvia, you can't get actually criminally convicted un- unless you're like 14. And uh, if you're 14, then you can get like sent to something similar, but that's essentially just a modified school, essentially, for people. Well, no, ours are basically jails for children. And one of the things that really is just like tragic and horrible is that people who run on those real law and order positions have altered the law in many states and again it's not everywhere it's not a federal thing it's whatever your state wants to do where they try children as adults if they think the crime is bad enough and if they get enough of those that's something that makes the prosecutor look really good and they get promotions maybe they even get yeah one thing one thing that i don't get about your country is how how the hell judges can be elected I don't understand. Judges are independent of things. It's just that, you know, I've, I've, I've seen that you have these elections for whatever. And it's like, why? wait a minute, what? They're, they're... In Latvia, you know, do you know who you elect in Latvia? You're, you're members of parliament. That's it. They, they, they assign everything else. The electing judges mm-hmm. thing is weird and it leads to corruption. Because it also is often these prosecutors... Because judges should be, like, impartial. They shouldn't... See, unlike politicians who should serve the interests of the public, you know, uh, the judges should be completely impartial, in my idea. They should be the impartial guys who don't care about the opinion of the public. Now, if they get elected, then they have to care about the opinion of the public, which is which is just counterintuitive to me. Because, uh, I don't know, dear listeners, if you hate me for this, send me your mails, whatever. I just think that electing judges is terribly, terribly wrong. And, it's, and it depends stupid. on the state. Because you know there's been judges in my family, right? No, no not really. Oh, I never told you that? Okay, well, yes, there's judges in my family. But the state that I came from, nobody was elected. One of my cousins and one of my like oldest friends, like we were in third grade together... Our, her mother and my cousin were both state superior court judges. That's very high up within the state. And both of them agreed, like, because we used to go to court and watch them do stuff all the time because they'd let us in. They knew who we were. Um, both of them agreed because I actually interviewed them both in high school about this sort of stuff. And they both agreed that it was dangerous to American democracy to have all of these judges who ran for office like politicians because it made politicians out of the judges. That was what my cousin said. 
Hmm. It is. It is very weird. So I don't know what all these judge judge things might change. But talking about judges, Supreme Court. Uh, one of the big things is that, and this is what I'm gonna mention. Uh, like over here, I don't understand, but our Supreme Court has no chance whatsoever of changing the laws. Whatever the court decides is valid only for that one case where they decided so. That's it. Uh, as far as I presume, in America, it works a bit different. And here, they can declare that something is uncon- unconstitutional and, you know, ask to fix that specific problem. However, they cannot be... Uh, they, 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 what, what they declare is not a new law. They can't declare new laws. They can just declare that a, a law which has been decided upon by, you know, the, the parliament is unconstitutional. They can only cancel laws. laws. They, they cannot establish new ones. Oh, okay. No, our Supreme Court which is Which is a major... Which is a major... Yeah, yeah, I know, which is... Which is surprising me, like, a lot. Because I don't understand why. Well, that was the way it was set up in the beginning. That there would be one court that was the highest court in the land... So you could keep suing through all the levels of court. It's like what I was saying before about how high up my cousin and my friend's mom were is that they were the highest court in New Jersey. So after you take it, taken it from all the municipal courts and county court levels, you would then go to the highest court in New Jersey, which would be what they presided over. That's why their cases were interesting and we could get to sit and like watch stuff. Because my friend became a lawyer like her mother. And it's a similar thing nationally. So if people still don't like the decision of what happened in the state court, then they can bump it up to the highest national court you go to, and that's the Supreme Court. So they work on a couple of different levels. One is deciding whether something is constitutional or not. And the other is maybe being the last, the, the last court you can go to, the final decision on something that people didn't want to drop on the state level. Okay, that, that at least makes, makes some sense, but I don't know, it's just that the fact that they can decide what's law and what's not, that is a bit strange to me. Well, like I said, it was set up that way with the Founding Fathers, I mean... I, I'm not sure why they felt that we needed to just keep suing until we reached like a ceiling, basically, because from the beginning, it's been like that where you just keep suing. And if you don't like the judgment you're given, you have like, you know, one final word on it. And then after that, you can't take it anymore. It all does seem quite quite silly to me, actually. It's just that it it doesn't make any sense, to be honest. Well, I've noticed that. Uh, so so far as I've noticed, because the, the, there's actually a popular joke here in Latvia that you know America is the only country where you can get rich by suing other people. Because cause over here, we, we are like, you have to pay all the court expenses yourself if you're suing something and they can only be awarded later. But a lot in, in a lot of cases, the court will just throw, throw, throw whatever, whatever you have, have out of, out of, out of, 
Oh, well, that happens here, too. I mean, it would be even worse if they took everything that came up. But that's also depending on how good your lawyers are. And, I mean, there are people that get things thrown out because they're known to, to do nuisance suits, which is something Trump is known to do. Like, you know, just suing until, like, you just exhausted the other person. Now, that wasn't something the founders designed it for, but people always find a way of doing something, like doing a hack on something, basically. You know, and that was just something that Americans figured out as they went along, that the way the system was set up, they could keep suing people till they ran out of money. Because, I don't know, in these cases, by the way, in Latvia, it's legal, like, lawyers can only demand payment, they can demand payment from, if you can't pay a lawyer, you can still hire one, uh, and, and promise him, like, if you get money from, at the end, then you get, like, a percentage of the settled thing. Oh, well, lawyers will take that here, too. I mean, there's a lot of different terms you can agree to with your particular lawyer. But I mean, like, as in the courts will just allow you to keep coming back until you you really just annoyed the hell out of them and they tell you to go away. But that often, if someone's determined enough, that means the case will go through all the different county levels till you eventually get to the Supreme Court if they agree to hear it. Hmm. So I don't know, what's, what's your biggest problem with with trump because for one i would like to hope that trump actually is a better president than we all expect i hope that he actually he actually is a good president because you know if 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 you turn out to be extremely right about about trump even though i do need you i do think you do need a shake-up because you have been politicized to insanity and i think that you guys might actually benefit from having such a controversial candidate up there that can maybe, I don't know, unite the country in some way or form. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, 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 what do you expect of him? I hope you will, actually. But that's that's just me. But I don't know. What's, what's, the, what's the biggest fear of yours? And I don't know. Like I said, I, I firmly hope that he'll be a very good president. I really hope that he does make the lives of the people who voted for him better. Sincerely, and I hope he does the best he can. I hope he's a great president, because you know what? If he's a bad president and, you know, you're right, then we're all screwed. Oh, so I'd, I'd, rather, rather, I'd rather, rather be wrong than I would rather be wrong, too, but let me put it this way. One of the things that scares me the most about him is that he will do anything for his own ego and to win. And he's already done so many things that just say... You know, he only cares about himself, like the, the still living in New York and screwing up other people's businesses. Um, I think, though, it's very likely that within the first year that he would be impeached and that we would get Pence. And Pence, in many ways, is worse. He hates women. He's done so many things to screw up the state that he's governor of. He doesn't believe in climate change, just the same as Trump. Like, there's so many things that are so backward. This is the man who um, is so anti-abortion 
that he's um, wanted to have women who had miscarriages or abortions have funerals for their fetuses. I don't know. This is uh, talking about abortion here. Uh, this is an interesting subject you touched upon. Over here in Latvia, it's completely legal to have an abortion. It's just that our government tries to prevent it a lot. And the way they do it is by, you know, providing assistance to young mothers because they figured out the most, the biggest reason for abortion is the fact that, you know, mothers can't afford it. Economical reasons. And, and, and it's completely legal here. It's just that they try to prevent all the, you know, economical reasons for that one. But see, that's uh, sensible. We're not sensible about this. These are the same people that don't want people to have birth control either. And that think that IUDs cause abortions. That's one reason a bunch of women right now are rushing to have them put in before somebody tries to make them illegal. Even though there's absolutely no medical reasons to think any of this stuff. Um, no, basically it's all about punishing people for having sex. It's like, we're not doing, he's also one of the people very strongly believes in having sex education be just abstinence training. And that's where people constantly get pregnant, but they don't want to help these kids either. You know, if they do that. And one of the reasons they're going after people right now is because they've put in, in, these different states, back to that whole thing I kept talking about, so many obstacles to both either getting birth control or um, getting abortions, particularly for very young people, that now they were trying to go after them again because they figured out um, what's the largest group after teenagers of women who have abortions? It's women in their 40s. I mean, women in the forties could uh, have a lot of a lot of other reasons why to have an abortion. I mean, you know, health health issues for starters. I mean, it's kind of logical. Over here, it's the same. Women in their forties have a lot of abortions here, and a lot of them are for like health reasons, really. So no, not know. necessarily. But let me put it this way: they they don't care about the health reasons. He's what? one of those. He, he's one of those people who doesn't care. Whether it's it's caused by by rape or incest or endangering the life of the mother, because that's I what they care about that. Because they don't care, they they see things in a very black and white sort of way. They perceive all of it as just murder, and if you want to murder, well, then like, you know, you deserve what you get. But these are also the same people who love the death penalty. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because uh, th this whole this whole thing is very stupid to me because you know people who usually support abortions are against death penalty and people who are not here because they see they see an unborn baby as innocent. They see once you're born and you're adult, you're evil and full of sin. So if you're evil, we should kill you. Uh Reproduction is very, very complicated. Yeah, so uh, that's the thing is that a lot of people think that women, women, if if abortion laws would be completely legal, then I they they think, and a lot of people just try to play this up, especially in the internet, that a lot of people think that you know women will just choose abortions willy nilly. 
Even though I, I know that that's not true. Abortion is a terribly hard decision at, at the very best of cases. It's, it's, it's like it, the, the people who choose to have an abortion, they don't do that because, you know, because they really would enjoy killing their baby, you know. That's, that's not the reason why people do abortions. They do abortions because they literally don't have other options or they have, like, legitimate reasons for this. People don't abort babies because it's just, you know, fanciful for them. That's not how humanity works, I think. It, it, At least it, I, I hope so. It, it is not how normal humanity works, but the people who are involved in the anti-abortion movement are actually kind of evil. They're they're not in it to, like, I mean, there's a difference between them and people who may have qualms about abortion you know the people who are in the actual movement are people who are so disgusting that like i i took and she's not going to listen to this so i can say it like i i took a very old friend of mine um when we were 18 and 19 i was 18 she was 19 she was someone who was a really insane teenager but she knew that she could count on me. And some of my cousins um, ran clinics in New Jersey. Like that was something that some of them did. And she said to me, like her parents were away in Europe and she was just like, oh my God, she came over. My parents were in Florida and she was pregnant and absolutely desperate because she knew what kind of trouble she'd be in with the family. And she also knew that this guy had mental problems and was like living homeless right now. Like he just disappeared for a while cause he had a mental break. So I was like, look, we'll, we'll go to the clinic and then we'll like talk about, you'll see what you want to do. Maybe you'll calm down. Like you'll, she hadn't figured out what she was going to do yet. And she eventually did have the abortion, but not at that place. So I took her there. And my car was in the shop, so I took one of my parents' cars. And after that, because one of their tactics to scare people, and this is also somewhere you go, like, not simply for abortions. Like, that's one of the things people don't understand about Planned Parenthood, is that they only do, like, about 3% abortions. The rest is, like prenatal care or just like women's clinic stuff like they do a lot of different things some of them don't even perform abortions but the people who are against it don't even want to hear that so one of the things that they would do back then like they do different things now they'll film you um they would take down all the license plates of the cars either in the lot or in the street near the clinic and start sending them things so they started sending horrible notes to my mother, bloody pictures. Several times we got bags of blood and what looked like baby parts. Were Like I had to, and my mother's known this girl forever. Like the first time my mother got like a bag full of blood in the mail, I had to like sit down and tell her like what had happened. And the letters are screaming about your daughter's a whore. Your grandchild looks like this. Well, I don't know, it's kind of, it's kind of stupid, because like, like I said, my government, government and the party I vote for don't like abortions much either. Then again, they are completely legal here, and like I said, you know, we have, I don't know, uh, we have 13... It's legal here too, and it was more legal back then, but these people, 
consider themselves like a resistance and soldiers told these people and the bullshit that Carly Fiorina and Trump were saying does not happen. No, no healthy baby is aborted at nine months. They're basically taking a dead body out of your body so that you don't die. That's why um, Dr. Tiller, the doctor who was assassinated a few years ago, why um, women were being flown into his clinic in Kansas because they were actually being airlifted because there had been people who had not been allowed to do it in other states because some states ruled against this type of abortion. And the medical schools are so intimidated because these groups kill doctors so often that they're not teaching the procedure anymore. There's only a few doctors in this giant country, like about five of them, that can perform the type of abortion so you don't die. I mean, listen, this is listen, this is a bit silly, but, but uh, I don't know. What would be your what what, what would you want to see to improve in your country, country? Like, what would be the best thing out there that you can imagine for your country to happen? Like something to go away or something to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Well, I can think of like three off the top of my head. One, the whole right to life anti-abortion terrorist movement to just stop to go all those people to leave. Yeah, I think I think that that's that's one that's one of the, that's one of the things that I don't get it. I mean, you call your your groups pro-life or pro-choice, and that's kind of silly. That kind of implies that people who are pro-choice don't like life or that people who are who are on the other side who are pro-life they they don't they don't think that things are like that. It's it's kind of stupid. I mean, I don't know. Uh, recently, I read a New York Times magazine article about how how you should talk with uh, on your Thanksgiving dinner, which we don't have here in Latvia, but it doesn't matter. Uh, how you should talk with someone uh, in your Thanksgiving who voted for the other party, and it had like a, this set of instructions about how you should treat these people and how you should not get mad at them. And I, I don't understand this. It's just politics. I mean, not is here, it really though. so Several bad? of my neighbors could not go home to Thanksgiving because their parents voted for Trump and refused to let them in the house. That is just silly. It's just, you know, it's politics. It's not like, you know, they're still your family. They're like, they're not going to go away. Kids don't. Americans see politics as a reflection of who you are. And they get very angry. Also, too, like, a whole lot of Americans vote only knowing a little bit of information. Like, that sounds condescending, and it's not just something like I'm saying about the people in the middle of the country or the Rust Belt, those people. There's a lot of people that vote for people, uh, and I guess Britain does it too, like how with Brexit, a whole lot of them were looking up, you know, searching on the internet, what's the EU after they did it. There's a lot of people that didn't know all of the Republican parties positions or all the things Trump said till after they voted and they don't want to hear that they're wrong. And we have a lot of people like the the right to life people who vote based on nothing but that. Like there's a lot of people that if you tell them their one issue, they can hate every other thing you do and complain about it constantly, but they voted for you because of abortion. 
So like this one issue voting is really popular there. I don't if, if, listen. Say I, I just want to warn my listeners. If you disagree with anything you hear here, or you you think it's a bit different or whatever, uh, yeah, feel free to inform us honestly because you know that that's how it up that, that's how we operate. Yeah, I'm not saying that everybody votes on that. I've always thought one issue voting was stupid. But there are people that feel very passionately about certain things and they ignore everything else that the person has said. Although later on, when they start hearing things they dislike, they're very angry, but it's their own fault because they only voted on one issue. And those are often like the most passionate, angry people. And those often will be the ones that will tell people not to come to Thanksgiving. Well, huh? That is that is really scary, to be honest. But yeah, now now to kind of we've been talking for almost two hours here, uh, so I guess it's time to wrap it up a bit. And we have analyzed all the situation a lot. Uh, I don't know. I hope the people uh, who voted for Trump truly, truly like. I hope something good happens for them. I I don't hate anyone, honestly, because that that seems just kind of silly for me. But what I wanted to say is, and what what could what could listeners learn from this? I mean, after every conversation here, we have this tradition that we wrap up everything by by telling that even if you don't agree, even if you disagree completely, what can you learn from this? So I don't know what what people could what people should learn from all of this situation, and from from this conversation here. I think I think for, I'll I'll start here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think that, you know, there's a lot of issues that are clearly not one-sided. If you have strong ideological beliefs in one way or another, and you believe that your side can make no mistakes, and that you are the supreme truth about everything, then you should sort of think again. Because for the most part, just... I think that people should learn that other people are humans too, and that... If you think, for example, that abortions are made willy-nilly and that, you know, young moms just like to kill their kids, then you are wrong. That's 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 one thing that I would like to take away from this. I don't know. What, what, what do you, you say? say? Well, I, I'd agree with that because a lot of people who hold really strong opinions are people who really don't know what they're talking about because they haven't looked at the situation. You know, that's one of the things that I find very scary about Trump is that he can be like that. But I think the thing that everybody should take away is that it's really, really important to know how your government works, even the nonsensical parts of it, because that's something I've seen more than anything this election on all sides is that, like, so many people don't know what they're voting for, don't know how things work, like why all of this talk about rigging with Bernie Sanders people, a lot of them were independents who didn't understand that in order to be eligible to be voting in a primary, you have to choose a party. And they were so upset about this. And I'm just like, you guys are getting involved in politics. Shouldn't you know this already? And yeah, it's different from state to state. Some states have open primaries, but you should know the rules of the state you live in. 
and not be shocked at the last moment because you can't do something. Like, like I've seen so much of this and so much fighting has been misunderstandings because people didn't know the rules. That's been both shocking to me and not shocking, if that made any sense, because I know these things, but as I've said, people aren't taught this in school and their parents don't know this. And, you know, more people talk with their children about sex and about politics growing up. You know, there's got to be a better communication just about how things work. Wow. You know, there would have been so much less anger and recriminations with everybody this year if people weren't just getting upset about stuff because they think they know how it works, not how it really works. I guess so, really, because you know, civics education actually matters, and it matters a lot. So you should you should really do that. Just saying. And, and we started cutting that out of school even before we started cutting music and art. They've got all sorts of athletics, so yeah, they can pay for things, and they'll pay for that, but they won't pay for someone to teach you civics or music. It's... Kind of weird because uh, I, I strongly disagree with this notion because my, my dad uh, is a music th- music teacher. He, he used to teach music at schools. So, so art, art taught art. Well, I used to be an art teacher. I taught art and English. And oh, nice. that's a job that you can't find a lot of places anymore because they've decided that we're teaching to the test which basically means if it's not something that can be put on a standardized test, they don't really care about it. And none of the standardized tests, they're all basically language skills, English and and math, maybe a little bit of science or physics thrown in, but that's what the test tests for. So they're not testing you even for things to get out of high school or go into college about civics so it's seen as a useless subject and it definitely is not when we've got all these people who are adults who don't know how things work and they're getting upset and screaming at each other because they all think somebody cheated them and they just don't know how things work like america's elections would run a hell of a lot smoother if most of the people who voted knew how things worked well, I have to agree with you on that. And with this, we will finish our episode. I will definitely call you up some other time because this is really interesting and I hope our listeners did enjoy that as well. So, uh, goodbye, Stephanie, and thank you for being here. And uh, I think we learned a lot, a lot of, a lot of new things here. Yeah. So, goodbye and uh, see you next time, people. <laughs> <laughs>